Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. So it's just so good to be in church. I just love this time of year. I love everyone getting together, people traveling back to home for the holidays and being with family. It's just so special. So special. Well, I just want to take a moment and share from the scriptures. So if you brought your Bibles, you can open with me to Isaiah chapter 9. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's between you and God. <laughs> no, that's, I, I say that all the time. It's just a joke, okay? But we will, have, we will have the scriptures behind me on the screen. But if you're new or visiting, I just want to say well, you're welcome today. And I hope this message encourages you and blesses you. The truth about God's Word is you, you don't really need to do a whole lot. You just need to share it. And so my hope and my prayer today is as I share the words in the Bible, that they would speak to you and that they would touch your heart. Because the reality is we can come into a setting like this and we can kind of just sit and just go through the motions. But there's something about this book There's something about this book. And if I could just stoke your interest just a little bit, just a tiny little bit to consider that God through this wants to speak into your heart. It's pretty amazing. In Isaiah chapter 9, this is a key verse for Christmas. And maybe you're new to the things of God, and maybe you didn't know this, but Isaiah 9 is an important prophecy for us as believers because we remember, obviously, the, um, the life of Jesus, the journey that Jesus took, Him coming into the world, which is what Christmas is all about. But we know that Him coming into the world wasn't the first time that we found out about this. But if we go further back here in Isaiah 9, Many, many, many years before Jesus was actually born, this is what it says in verse 1, the prophet Isaiah said, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, And every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank, we th- we're thankful today, Lord, that it never returns void. It always accomplishes that which it was meant to. And so, Father, I thank you as the word goes out today. That Holy Spirit, you're here and you're ministering the word to our hearts. That you are doing something in our spirit, man. That you're shaping us, Lord. And Father, I just thank you for every single person that's listening to my voice right now. Father, I thank you that they're not here by error. They're not here by mistake. Father, they're here on purpose. And so God, I'm grateful for that today. And I'm grateful that they're getting to hear your word, the fulfillment of your promises, Lord. And maybe a further glimpse of your grace and your mercy. And God, we thank you for Christmas time. Father, we ask that you would bless every single family with safety and protection this Christmas time as we travel, as we move about, as we go about this time of year. But Father, through it all, may we never forget the reason, the reason for the season, which is Jesus. And we're grateful for that. And everybody said, everything we believe hinges on this very truth. That what actually took place on the first Christmas is the fulfillment of Isaiah 9. Seen played out in the Gospels like Matthew 1 and 2. Sometimes you need to read your Bible backwards. I remember once my professor said that in seminary. He said, you know, people think you should read the Bible from front to back. You should actually read it from the back cover to the front. Because everything we see in the New Testament, there is an Old Testament connection. There is a connection point between the two. And we see it explicitly and clearly in the life of Jesus Christ. What actually took place on the first Christmas is the fulfillment of this truth. I love this quote. This is from J.I. Packer, who is a theologian, said, Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. This is the real Christmas, that the Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby needing to be fed and changed and taught to like any other child, but also was God. The more you think about it, the more staggering and amazing it gets. This is Christmas. This is our belief. This is the incarnation. I want to tell you two things real, real quick about the incarnation. The first is it's historical. The incarnation, Jesus being born as a child, it is historical, true in recorded history. Jesus was born into this world, not from this world. He did not evolve out of history. He came into history from the outside of it. So it's historical, but that's not enough. It's also miraculous. Miraculous in its effect. If you go back two chapters in Isaiah Uh, 9 to Isaiah 7 says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. It's miraculous. It's incredible. 
It's quite the event, you would think. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. The incarnation, the advent. Advent means the coming arrival. In the last few weeks, we've been moving our way in the scriptures towards this moment right here today as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We've been looking at things like waiting. We've been looking at things like joy. We've been looking at things like peace. And then here today, the truth of the light of the world. But why? Why did this happen? Why, why? And what's the point to it all? Maybe you're in here to, to, to church today. You've come in and you're just like, I'm here for Christmas. I don't really know what you're talking about. I'm just part of the, I'm just getting involved in the Christmas. There's actually a deeper meaning to all of this. And God brings it about right here. There's two reasons why Christmas is so important. And I want you to know these two things. And, and, and if there's anything that I want you to take away from this, this message, it's this first point right here, the great illumination. And that's the title of this message, the great illumination. What happened on the very first Christmas was a great illumination. Verse two, the people who walked in darkness, look at this, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. See, Christmas is not just about the lights, but the light. We love to look at the lights. I mean, I, I, I'm, I love living here and I love going downtown and seeing the lights. Some of you are crazy. You go down there for the opening the, the first time. <laughs> We need to have a prayer moment for you. What you thinking going down there for the first night? But don't we love, we love the lights. Why do we love the lights? It's because we've been given the light. The light has come on. And there was a time, the Bible says, of great darkness. In fact, the prophet Isaiah speaks in such a detailed and real way when you read, especially the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah, they speak with such um, almost like subconscious reality coming out of their language. It's like they were there when the prophecy was fulfilled. That's how, that's how much conviction is in the language as you study it. It's almost like they were there and they saw it like it had already happened. That's how they spoke. But in this verse, verse 2, he mentions it twice. He says, these people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. What does light do? Light spreads. Light attracts. But light overcomes any darkness that's present, that's there. Christmas is about the great illumination of mankind in Jesus. This is how Jesus began his ministry. It's after the great illumination that we see in Isaiah 9. We pick it up here in Matthew 4 and verse 12. If you like to, to connect the dots, let me do it for you. Verse 12, and now when he heard that John had been arrested, that's John the Baptist, he withdrew to Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So it was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled that those people would get the light. 
those people who dwelt in darkness would see the light. This is the light. I'm telling you, there's something about the light. The great light coming on and to personalize for you today, this is what God wants to do. And this is what he wants you to know today, that he is your light. That he is and he wants to be your light. God wants to light up your life. He doesn't want you to live in the darkness. You were created to be with Him and to be in Him and with the light and in the light. In fact, you were called to live as the light. The Apostle Paul said it this way, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Peter said it this way, 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You were meant for the light. You were called into the light. I believe this time of year at Christmas, we're called to to look at the light this Christmas time, to consider Jesus for ourselves, to take in the light, to remember all that he's done for us, to be amazed by the light. To behold the majesty, to be grateful for the light. There should be an overwhelming sense of gratitude that just overwhelms us this time of year. You know, Christmas time, it's just this overwhelming sense of gratitude and appreciation for all that God has done. You know, there's a time in my life where things were pretty dark. And I just recently given my life to the Lord, but for some reason in this period of my life, I like Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was down in the dumps and I was trying to, you know, it was a self-pity season. I don't know, but I like that song, The Sound of Silence. One time I was with my friend and I played the song and you know how it songs, uh, you know how it starts? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. And I played that for my for friend Marty. And my, Marty, my friend Marty said to me, why are you playing that song? I said, well, I like that song. I like it. He says, you shouldn't play that song. You shouldn't like that song. And I said, why not? It's a good song. He says, because you're a Christian. You don't live in the darkness anymore. You have the light. And he was right. My friend challenged me, but he was right because I now have the light. And darkness is no friend to me anymore. Jesus came so that we would have the light so we could take in the light. I'm just telling you, this is a great illumination in Jesus' name. So number one, Christmas is about the great illumination. But number two, Christmas is a cause for celebration. Because if you understand the illumination, it will cause celebration. Look at verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Increase the joy, rejoicing, joy, and gladness all in one verse. This is covenant language. This is the fulfillment of the ultimate harvest in righteousness. If you like, this is the answer for a world darkened by sin. It's the light that comes on that causes you to rejoice. God has done this. 
And this is Christmas in Jesus' name. When we rejoice, what we do is we give gifts. When we celebrate, when you go over to celebrate maybe a new arrival, someone in your, your friendship group has had a child, you come and you bring a gift. Maybe you go over a Christmas party, what do you do? You bring something with you, you give a gift. Maybe if it's just a birthday, you bring a gift. And in this story of Christmas, there are gifts. The wise men, they came and they brought gifts. They brought gold, which represented his kingship. They brought frankincense, which... Uh, represented his divinity, his priestly application for the people of God, but they also brought this thing called myrrh. Myrrh could be something that we just know about in a story, but myrrh has a deeper meaning because it was a spice that was developed and it was used not just for healing, but also for burial. It was used to cover over the decay that you would, you would through your sense of smell, you would clearly get that in a burial time for God's people so they would use myrrh to overcome that. Isn't it interesting that the wise man brought the myrrh? They brought the myrrh as a gift to Jesus. It's almost like they had an insight that this one would need the myrrh because the gifts that we see are actually a gift for Jesus but then also to us. See, the great illumination, it brings a rejoicing and an understanding of Jesus' birth. You can't separate it from the cross. You can't, you can't remove it in the light of the cross. You can't have Christmas without Easter. It doesn't make sense any other way but to see that Jesus coming to earth is a gift given to us that through the cross and through the death, the burial, but ultimately the resurrection, that's the reason for the gift. And that is a cause for celebration. Team, you can come up and join me. What has happened here at Christmas is there has been a great illumination, which is a cause for great celebration. And the reality is in 2023, Easter has already happened. The first Easter has already happened. The first Christmas has already happened. And what do we do? We live in the wake. We live in the aftermath of God's glory and ever sufficient grace for us. And the message is clear. Anyone who believes in him, the Bible says, will be saved, will receive this grace will encounter this light and the darkness will never again be able to overcome. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.